What you're about to hear will probably not be for the first time. It's about a mindset and habit that I've been exposed to more than once. But I've recently been applying it with special focus in my own life and work with a profound impact. So I thought it's worth sharing or reemphasizing to you, even at the risk of you thinking that I'm not very original. Before I do that, here's a story. My father-in-law used to tell the story of the child who never talked. His first birthday came and went, his second birthday, his third birthday, and still nothing. The parents were pretty worried and consulted a lot of experts. Then one evening at the dinner table, the child said, Pass the salt, please. The parents were overcome with relief. They said, We're so happy you can talk, but why did you never talk till now? And the child answered, Well, until now, everything seemed pretty good. When you're young, a lot of things are done for you. But as we age, we grow differently. No one can anticipate our individual needs and provide for those. So, as we age, a passive approach to life can really shortchange us. The world is wonderfully full of opportunities for a beautiful life, but the world does not hand those to us. It takes thought and investment. In fact, you can say that life quality correlates highly with my thoughtfulness to know what I want and my focus on bringing that about, what we call purposefulness. Of course, you can say, that person started with more than I did, and so that person has more based on circumstances. Sure. But my laboratory is just me. Within the boundaries of my circumstances, my experience of life will vary according to my thinking and proactivity. You may wonder, what about luck? Well, of course luck matters. I had an older colleague whose first day of retirement took him to a golf course where he was struck by lightning and killed. You wouldn't say he did a bad job of retirement planning. But for anyone thinking that circumstances beyond your control are the main influence, I would ask, then why did you fix breakfast? Why did you go to work? Anyone playing this podcast is someone who takes an uncountable number of steps every day to bring about outcomes that he or she thinks desirable. The question is, how clear is your thinking about what you want, and how aligned are your actions to bringing those things about? This can be true at work and in other phases of life. In a company of any size, it's quite easy to get lost in your cubicle. That's a term we use to mean that you're busy executing tasks, replying to emails, active and appreciated. Great. But are you showing fidelity to your ultimate mission? What's the best statement of what your organization is trying to accomplish? And what's the best statement of your potential impact in making that real? If you are highly alert to that, what adjustments would you make? At Interlox, we optimize conveyor performance in the world's most productive food processors, manufacturers, and logistics companies. We try to make it clear to everyone in the company how that work impacts people around the world in terms of food safety and quality and the cost and availability of things that people value. Then we try to make it clear why each group in the company matters. For example, our new product development is a sort of gearing function in the delivery of those benefits. 
So our mission is to continually raise customer value through new enabling tools that give them new choices. As a manager of that group, I take that a little farther and ask some more questions, such as, when do we do our best work? Well, that's typically when we select projects well because we have a high opportunity cost. And when we do great problem definition, we make sure we understand the real problem and not just treat a symptom. We do our best work when we're in sync with all the stakeholders because this is a group activity that depends on a lot of coordination. And then we do our best work when we emphasize finishing rapidly what is already active and keeping that flow clean and unclogged. I also have to keep a current view of critical objectives. What matters most now? And then against that list, I have to ask what are the swing factors most critical to making those real? Right now, looking at the list of things that we are pioneering, it's critical that I be very sensitive to which of those are involving change management and I stay unusually connected to those. In the marketing group, our mission is to make sure that the value our company offers is clear, compelling, and memorable to the influencers at the customers who choose. Because if they aren't buying our products, they aren't getting these benefits. I could ask myself the same follow-up questions I went through on new products and make it really concrete on where those take me. Change the lens from a company perspective or a department perspective to the individual employee trying to optimize a career. Each of us wants some combination of pay, security, a sense of achievement or accomplishment, the respect of our peers, and a sense of community, and chances to grow. How we rank those different elements in that mix is very personal. But we have to ask, okay, so what do I need to deliver in order to get the most satisfying bundle of those things? In other words, what's the maximum contribution that my unique abilities can make to the company in meeting its mission, or my department meeting its mission. That sort of career ownership is a life's work in itself, and the people we tend to call successful think actively about that question. Stepping outside the work world, here's a personal example. What do you want exactly from your engagement with your children or with your spouse? Have you ever asked yourself, What's the most ambitious but reality-based way of thinking about these relationships? And then ask yourself, what principles do I need to honor for these possibilities to become real? And then maybe, I do my best work, or I honor those principles best when I... And then fill in those blanks. For years, I thought I was pretty good at this. But as I mentioned in a previous podcast, it's easy to get into a rut, especially when things are going well and lose focus. When I zoom out again, I get very methodical on reconfirming what I want, and I bring those answers into the sharpest possible focus, and then align my actions with those wants. When I do that, I feel more weatherproof, more resilient. I'm calmer, but also more energetic. I would even say I feel more joyful. It's not an exaggeration to say I feel more powerful. COVID has disrupted our routines, and so for many of us, this way of thinking has a new relevance. So, imagine making a list of all the types of things you spend a lot of time on, then put them in order of importance to you. Then, in order, ask, why am I doing this? What's the most ambitious but reality-based vision for why? 
Then ask yourself a few questions that make it more likely you'll get there. Here's one I use to think about financial goals. Well, what's my mission? For me, it's financial health eliminates worry and gives me optionality for the experience of life. I do my best work when I realize I'm not a good chooser of investments, so I don't day trade. I make some pretty generic investments and leave them alone. I do my best work when I move slowly with deliberation. And, of course, I do my best work when I protect my earning potential, because that still matters. And so what values matter the most? It's non-emotional thinking. It's realism. What are my key current objectives? Well, for now, it's continued growth, but with incrementally increasing safety as I age. And then I can ask, what are the swing factors to making those real? Here's one I use to think about fitness. And by the way, I'm not a financial guru, and I'm not a fitness guru, but I'm just making lists of things that matter to me and how I'm trying to get there. So in the fitness realm, my body is sort of a partner in optimizing my life quality and longevity. So if that's my mission, well, I do my best work when I eat clean, limit alcohol and stimulants, sleep well, when I get the right mix of sports, aerobic, anaerobic, strength, flexibility, and injury protection exercises. And by the way, I don't exercise all day, so if I'm spreading myself that thin, I've got to be pretty selective. And then I try to keep it stimulating, broadening, and motivating. And then you could ask, what are the key principles that matter the most? Well, staying mindful, maintaining balance, keeping it fresh and entertaining. My key current objectives are losing five pounds, cleaning up my blood from triglycerides. And so everybody's going to have a different answer to those questions. But you see the point. If you ask, what matters to me? What's currently critical? And then how do I do those things? And then stay focused on that. Good things happen. These examples show a few out of about 15 categories that matter in my life. During COVID, I've started making this list a lot more explicit and refining it and referring it to it often. It's pretty inclusive. It's all the major categories of things that I do or care about. It's so inclusive, I've titled it The Book of John, and also because the name is quirky. I like quirky. On the other hand, it sounds a little biblical and therefore pretentious. So I'm not sharing that with anyone except listeners to this podcast. I groom that list often because what we care about evolves or adds texture, and then I keep asking how aligned are my activities. You can apply this thinking to any activity that takes a lot of your time or focus. Why do you play golf? Are you getting out of that activity what you want? For example, you could say you play because of a sense of fun, or for exercise, or it's a nice way to be with people you like, or because you need a sense of achievement, you need something to get some more A's at. Those different answers would take you to different places in how you approach the game of golf. Why do you watch the news? A lot of people say the news makes them upset. Well, is that why you're watching it? Or should you consider a different approach? Sometimes these are all just habits that we sort of sleepwalk into. But if we ask these hard questions, we find ourselves trimming some activities that aren't doing it for us anymore. Or we find ourselves doing the same activities, but with a more focused, more satisfying mindset. I mentioned before how a high sense of purpose is a powerful antidote to difficult environments. And that can be more important now than ever. As I also said at the beginning, this episode won't likely win awards for novelty. There are TED Talks swirling around about it. 
probably whole shelves in bookstores about it. But have you actually tried these methods and stuck with them? I'd be surprised if you don't find the result profound. It's about owning your life. Do you have something more important to do 